Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You are watching Game Time Decisions. I am Gabriel Brenton. I'm on the grid, and so is the Ranger Redhead Cam Stewart as our two begins. Now, 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 let's rock. Super Speedway, Darlington, Lady in Black. Grave, uh, grave, what is it? Grave Digger, Carolina Christian, the world-famous Bigfoot. Children under 12, free, 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 free. We'll sell you the seat. You'll only need the edge. That's some great, uh, that's some great stuff uh, right there. You know, one of my favorite uh, episodes of The Simpsons, and our boy Puccio uh, should know uh, this, is when uh, Portugal... Uh, plays Mexico for the uh, <laughs> world's uh, world supremacy in Springfield. That's right. And the ad comes on. Yeah. Uh, Portugal coming to Springfield, and it's like, <laughs> don't miss world class international soccer. Lots of passing, high flying, lots of ties. Ties. Ariaga. Ariaga. Ariaga too. Ariaga. Homer goes. I don't know who any of these guys are. And they'll all be signing autographs. He's like, I want to go. Like, <laughs> remember, Kent Brockman's doing the soccer play-by-play. Hot back, back to the fullback. Fullback, pass it to center. Center, and then they get, like, the international thing. Hot back, back to the center. <laughs> yeah, that episode, Ron. Yeah, that, that's a great day. They start rioting. Yes. Show these guys what a soccer riot's about. Show them what, what hooliganism uh, is about. Uh, that's great stuff. So, hey, we've got soccer, although there'll be no rioting. Although it's funny, actually, you bring this up because um, I brought this up uh, before, Cam, just because there's no fans. We were kidding about Buffalo Bill fans. Yep. Let's say the Bills are playing in the stadium. You don't think a bunch of nut jobs from Buffalo, these guys break the law like 22 times a day. They don't care what they're going to be told. Dude, they're exactly. going to show up and get wasted in the parking lot. Of course they will. They like, will. They're going to be like, go Bills. They're going to be outside cheering. Like, people don't realize, like, they're nut jobs. So, I'm just going to say, Cam, like, the EPL, and they're not, I don't even know, but whatever. They're trying to force the players to come back. But part of the EPL plan was, they said, listen, don't think, like, you don't need a ton of security and cops because there's no fans. They said, we're worried about fans showing up in the parking lot. Right, and it's going to be a problem, actually. <laughs> um, Germany, not so much. So, um, so Germany, the Bundesliga is set to begin. Um, no, no celebrations anymore, Cam. So, when a guy scores, you can't go over and hug your teammate anymore. You know what I mean? Let's get the old yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, <laughs> thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you. Excellent play. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, thank you. Yeah, excellent play. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. The Bundesliga is the first major league to come back. I got to tell you, and um, our boy Pooch probably knows about this too, eight guys on one Turkish soccer team. Now there was a Batiscus, uh, eight guys on one team just tested positive. Yeah. Like that's what people don't understand, right? Like you bring the Cleveland Indians back, eight of them will test, you know what I'm saying? Like people don't yep. seem to get this like that. It's not just about it's not just about, oh, they're greedy and they want to play. They don't, we don't have this medically figured out yet. All right. And the thing is, 
we talk about it. Average workers can be forced to go back to work because you don't have a choice. They have choices. That's why they work their whole life, so they can have choices. That's the point, point of becoming rich, right? <laughs> so in the middle of a pandemic, you don't have to die. Yeah, That's no, the whole point. I don't know what's so going to solve. clear I have to be, but hold on. We're going to bring in the yeah. radio uh, audience uh, here uh, in a second. Let's roll. Game time decisions continues. Get on the grid at Sports Grid. I'm Gabe Morenci. You can find me on Twitter at Sports Rage. You can find Cam Stewart at Cam Stewart Live. It's Friday. We promise picks. We've got picks. UFC picks. Uh, we got fired up talking about Wednesday's card, and uh, rightfully so. It's great stuff. But there's going to be more violence in Jacksonville on Saturday night. We're going to break it down. We got Alistair Overeem and Walt Harris and. You know, let's just start off with this, actually, right now. Great heavyweight fight here. Um, Walt, you know, Walt Harris is a guy so hard not to pull for uh, mm -hmm. right now. If people don't know the backstory to Walt Harris, they were supposed to fight a couple of months ago, but unfortunately, Walt Harris's um, stepdaughter, basically, the, you know, his, his girl now, her daughter was abducted and um, unfortunately was murdered. So, you know, it's just, and this, this happened not that long ago. This is his first fight since this has happened. And, you know, people are pulling for the guy for, for obvious reasons. He's a nice guy to begin with, too. He's a good guy, big heavyweight, you know, man, just comes out looking to knock your freaking head off, uh, this guy. And he gets Alistair Overeem, who, as uh, my good friend and legendary odds maker Joey Odessa once told me about Alistair Overeem, he said, Gabe, Alistair's got a 185-pound chin on a 250-pound body. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, he's all her, right? But it's like, ding, it's like, ah, oh, he, yeah. he, 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 he gone. Party's <laughs> so, over, yep. Thing, the thing with, like, either one of these guys can win this fight, Cam. But, and I brought it up earlier. You look, the both main events so far, dude, the underdog is one. And it's one of these similar situations, too, all the time. It's like, man, I don't really like the number, but Ferguson should win. We said it a million times. Ah, oh, man, Anthony Smith shouldn't really be minus 184, but yeah. he's probably going to win. And now people are sort of in the same boat now. Wow, Walt Harris minus 162, minus 165. Yeah, but he should win. Man, we've been into this alley a couple of times this week and lost, Ken. Yeah, we have, but this time I'm going back to the alley, and instead of bringing a jackknife, I'm bringing a gun because I don't want to lose again. And I'll tell you this, I know not just people pulling for Harris. His game, and you know MMA game, his game recently has gone a lot better too. This was a guy that was trending upwards, uh, had to learn a lot of things. Overeem, on the other hand, this guy's been off for a while. What's he going to get? How's his, how's his cardio? I just, it's, I think Harris is just, I know this could go two ways, right? He's got emotion, but I think he gets it done at 160. You know, anything, um, this fight should go fast. But how about that OSP pick uh, that I gave all week? Plus 156 to go the distance. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.
Game time decisions continues. I am Marexi. Let's do this. Throwing it down with a raging redhead, Cam Stewart. So we promised picks. Uh, let's get into a little UFC uh, right now. We talked about the golf, and the number continues to plummet, guys, uh, right now. I think people are listening to me. And Cam, talking about a live dog with the Oklahoma State Cowboy tandem between Ricky Fowler and Matthew Wolf. Man, everybody's going to walk right into Rory. Everyone's going to walk right into DJ here right now. You think in the grand scheme of things, um, between these two dudes that have won like $140 million combined, you know, Rory's, to me, Rory changed after he um, he had that issue with the tennis player and stuff. Wozniacki or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of a jerk and stuff. And he didn't treat her very well. No, no, he didn't. And he lost for a couple of years after, and she won a Grand Slam, so yeah. it was good for her. Uh, and she's happy cool. now. She's with some hockey player now. But anyways, um, I'm just stating, Rory, Rory, to me, he, I know he's more competitive than Dustin uh, is, Cam. Yeah. But to me, the money softened Rory a bit. They just don't have the killer instinct as Tiger Woods did, bro. That's the difference. It's like this Last Dance documentary. Tiger Woods is Michael Jordan. People don't understand the level of the difference of the killer instinct that these guys uh, had, man. I'm going to throw this at you. Out of all the players, who what is it? Who who do you think needs this the most, and who do you think will take it the most seriously? Ricky I'm Fowler. You, I'm going to say Matthew Wolf, and that we cover both teams. Matthew Wolf. People are going. Why are you in this tournament? All these other guys are big name guys. Fowler doing commercials, whatever. I've seen a couple people. Why is Matthew Wolf there? Why is Matthew Wolf there? Even though they know he's a good golfer, oh, you're he's, right. not he's got the something to prove. Line. You're right. He is the guy that has the most to prove, and Fowler's second. And both of them are on the same damn team game. Enough said. No, That's you're right. You him. would say no. You're right. Wolf has the most to prove by that sense. You're right. Uh, but and you know, like hopefully, like I said, I just can see. I don't see Dustin and Rory before together in the club, I was going, hey, we can't lose this, huh? Like, you know what I mean? Like, them having that, hey, let's go out, oh, ha, ha. hey, how's your hot wife? Oh, great. How's your Porsche? Pretty cool. How's your Porsche? I could see, like I said, we talked about it earlier, I could see Wolf, like, taking it seriously. Ricky saying, everyone mocks me all the time. Yeah, we'll see who wins this. Dude, we were right about the psychology of this last year. I said the same thing when I took Phil. What did I say, Cam, at the time? I said, throw it the golf stuff. I said, Phil likes money. He hates Tiger. He doesn't want to lose. Tiger's just going to be there for the fun of it. It's not the same. Like, Tiger, Tiger's competitive. Like, that's why it's better this year. Tiger's going to be pissed this year, bro. Do you want to hear something crazy? And I, Like, I'm loading up on Tiger next week, bro. Well, you know what, Gabe? I'm going to tell you something. And listeners, you got to listen to me. I've been searching this, Gabe. I've been scouring every minute of the day. That line has gone from minus 210. I found it at minus 160. People are betting Mickelson and Brady. If you like Tiger Woods, get it now. Trust me on my one book, it's a buck 60. I clicked it again. I took it. I thought it was going to be good at minus 192. Now I got it at minus uh, 160. So I'm telling you, people are betting the dogs in both of these events. Interesting. It is. FanDuel right now is Woods and Manning at minus 230. Wow. Uh, yeah. I saw 160. That's crazy discrepancies, man. Yeah. Um, and first hole betting for that one, we, we talked about the first hole approach. They've got, there's going to be a million, there'll be more props. That the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There'll I be agree. more props for this than there will be for the Ricky Fowler one. For but, sure. You know, listen, there's no hype. We've talked more about the Ricky Fowler, DJ, uh, 
Skins game as much as anybody has. So it's not like a ton of hype around it. There will be a ton of hype around Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, right, playing against each other, even though it's golf. It, uh, there just will be. Like, they're both ratings magnets. Tom Brady, um, you know, Peyton Manning's a ratings magnet. You get Tiger and Phil. As I said, the ads, they, they sold out immediately. Yeah, they also have another week and change to pump this thing up. This Fowler match goes this weekend. So, it's it's yeah, you're going to hear a lot of the hype train as we move forward to, to the event. All right, so uh, UFC, uh, looking at the numbers for the UFC, we talked about Walt Harris and, you know, Walt Harris, just a devastating, devastating knockout artist. And, you know, he's really been on a run right now. It, you know, this is a really tough fight. And, you know, we talked about Walt Harris losing his, his stepdaughter. She was unfortunately uh, tragically murdered. And, you know, he's going to be coming in here. This is his first fight since this has happened. Um, he's just a wrecking machine. Now, you, if you guys remember last week, Old Ilnik was the Russian guy that started yep. pummeling for doom in the first round. Well, uh, Harris knocked this guy out in 12 seconds. Mm -hmm. It was a first-round knockout, 12 seconds. Uh, Sergei Spivak, 50 seconds. Uh, he lasted 50 seconds uh, only. Spitz went into the second round. Um, as you stated, Harris has sort of found something over the last, um, you know, last two years uh, or so. Overeem obviously is a more well-rounded and skilled guy who's been around uh, forever. Harris comes in, he's not young, 36 years old. But the difference is here too. Walt Harris is a big dude. Yeah, you know, he's about 250, 255 pounds uh, or so. Overeem, 230, 235, yeah. right? Yeah. Like that's why we talked about Overeem having Overeem, like not ha really having a heavyweight chin. Now, the thing with Overeem is he fights much smarter than he used to. Yes. Like sometimes he'll surprise you and he'll be really smart, but he has mental lapses all the time. Mm -hmm. For me, this is like a, it's like a Wild West shootout, old school. Two dudes pull out a pistol first. I just trust that but if they both hit each other at the same time, I think Overeem's the one that hits the canvas first. I I couldn't agree more. You talked about his chin. Harris, I think, uh, will inflict more pain. Overeem also, Gabe, let's remember something. You've been covering this stuff for a long time. Uh, he's no spring chicken either. He's been in a lot of wars, too, like some serious wars. So, you know, if Harris uh, tees him up, I think he's going to not get up from the canvas. He's going for a, a night, not nap time, night-night. So I like Harris. I've also liked the fact that I found it uh, on one book. I sound, found some 160s. I see a 150. I've already clicked it. I think that's a fair price. I understand both underdogs have won in the last two. This is where things change with the favorite. I got to go with Harris. He's got people on his side. He's fighting for something. And I think he's going to be highly motivated in this fight. I'll lay the 50 cents. Yeah, and I'm not in a hurry to be taking the over. I'm not going to be playing around uh, here. Um, Overeem has 17 fights in the UFC. 14 of them have been decided within the, uh, the distance. And you know what's amazing is he's been knocked out seven times and he's knocked people out seven times. Seven times, yeah. Exactly. Four, four, <laughs> 14 <laughs> times. He's seven and seven uh, wow. in these spots. Uh, Walt Harris on a little bit of a run right now. 3-0-1 in his last four. There was a no contest uh, with Andre Arlovsky. Seven of his last eight fights have ended inside the distance. Um, 15 of his 20 uh, fights in his career have uh, not gone the distance. He's 13-2. and two in those fights. So here's a really interesting fight, actually. Claudia Gadella and Angela Hill.
Claudia Gadella, 31 years old. Um, she, she's a good fighter. And so is Angela Hill here. Like this, this is, this is a tough fight to pick. I got to tell you, it's you know, very evenly matched fights all week. Uh, the matchmakers do a good job. It makes it harder on us to pick winners, though, I tell you. I'll tell you, Gabe, you sent me that article, just a little bit of reading. Uh, you know these women more than I. I would say I, I know who they are, but not as much as you. But I will say this, just from what I've been kind of reading and, uh, you know, kind of like to go against the grain a little bit. I think Hill is an underdog has a chance in this fight at uh, plus 170. I think that's a good number. Uh, Gadella looks very, very strong, but that is a good, good price for somebody that could be in this fight. So I think that's a very good number. Like we knew Morris, the Canadian, really didn't have a chance in that last fight. But Hill, on the other hand, at, the, at, at a nice price, I'll take the plus 170 on Hill, Gabe. No, I agree. I agree, actually. You know, to me, that fight is a toss-up. Yeah, it really is. Claudia Gadella a couple of years ago, I can understand this number, but Angela Hill has really been on a num uh, on a, on a roll right now. She's improved her game. She's very dynamic, and you know I, I'm I'm surprised we're getting this much. We're we're getting this price uh, actually with Angela Hill. I want to see the size. Um, you know, I want to break break get into the, some of the size differences uh, between the two of them as well. Claudia Gadella is a strong woman. Like, she's, she's thick, she's strong. Angela Hill is a little bit more wiry. She's, uh, she's got kickboxer and stuff. So it's going to be a, a fun fight. It's a fun fight card. We'll find some spots here. Um, we talked about the the underdogs were really barking on Wednesday night, but it doesn't mean they're going to bark again on Saturday night. We'll get into the NASCAR as well, which, uh, you know, we've got some pretty good drivers, some pretty decent odds on the board right now. Game time decisions continue. Bring it. Uh, to help us uh, navigate our way through the return of NASCAR. And Jordan, it's interesting. You know, it's easy to forget, actually, that we're already four races into the season. It almost feels like the start of a new season, doesn't it? 100% agree. I mean, it's been two months since NASCAR last race, and it feels like two years. But we had four races in already, and those were an eventful four races. I mean, let's not forget, in the Daytona 500, we saw a terrific finish with Denny Hamlin barely winning that race over Ryan Blaney. And then at that same moment, we saw Ryan Newman in a horrific crash um, that he's recovered from now and will actually be racing Sunday at Darlington. So, yeah, we've had four races. We've had an eventful four races. Um, but this does feel like a beginning of a brand-new season. All right, so me me and Cam were talking about this earlier, and we were putting it in context about how even the slightest, slightest thing that is off will drive a driver crazy. All right? And you'll hear them mm -hmm. dropping F-bombs to the pit. That was wrong <laughs> with you guys. I can't win like this. This car sucks, right? You hear all that? This yeah. car sucks. Yeah. More F-bombs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and as long as you're not Carl Larson, you won't get fired. You're all right, right? But, yeah. uh, that, you know, but as, as you know, it gets very spirited. They're, they're intense dudes. They're going to be on their own. I mean, obviously, yeah. they're going to be, they're going to be pit adjustments, but going in, no practice, no qualifying. Just how big is this for a casual fan that doesn't really grasp how important qualifying and practice and track time to find the grooves? These guys find the specific, specific to the exact groove each way around the track that they want to go, right? Yeah, no, it's very big. I mean, not the qualifying part of it is so much that that happens more often than not, you know, with rain delays, those kind of things where rain, you know, qualifying gets canceled. But the lack of practice time and then not having practice time coming off a two-month, you know, stoppage, 
that's a big deal. I mean, you're going, and you're also going to Darlington, which is one of NASCAR's toughest tracks. So yeah. the first few laps of that race are, are going to be interesting. <laughs> the good thing is a lot of these guys have done this before. I mean, they, they have, they have time at Darlington. They are veterans. Most of them, they have experience. So you, you would hope that common sense and a little bit of patience is going to win out, but that's easier said than done when you're stepping into a race car. Um, it's going to be a challenge. I mean, one of these things that can help is the, the simulator time that these guys have spent. We've heard a lot about yeah. iRacing, you know, eSports, that kind of thing. That kind of helps bridge that gap a little bit and giving them a feel for what to expect, but it's going to be different. You mentioned Kyle Larson, for example. The guy replacing him, Matt Kenseth, hasn't been in a race car since the end of the 2018 season. So he's not only getting into this um, you know, fresh with no practice, no qualifying, he's doing this after a lengthy time off. So it's going to be a challenge. Um, drivers are going to have to be flexible. And, you know, the people I've talked to, the crew chief and drivers. Game Time Decisions continues. I am Gabriel Morenci throwing it down with the raging redhead Cam Stewart, although you can find me on Twitter at Sports Rage. Let's do this thing. Uh, UFC, we're breaking it down. UFC on Saturday night. I don't even care what the, what's it called? Is it fight night? Is it this? Is it that? Whatever, man. All I know is that there's fights in Jacksonville and we're going to be betting on them. Both me and Cam agreed. We're going to go with Walt Harris over uh, Alistair Overeem. I think Cam was on to something talking about uh, Angela Hill and being a live dog. I'm surprised that Claudia Gadella is actually a minus 194 favorite uh, in this fight. And, uh, don't worry, Cam. We're going to get to your uh, your favorite fighter, the uh, the Kung Fu Monkey, uh, in a, in a couple of minutes here. But <laughs> there's some fun there's some fun fights uh, on this card. Speaking of old school, man, Matt Brown is back. Oh no, craziness! I know, <laughs> black from the past. Yeah, Matt Matt Brown uh, is back, and you know we're we're seeing these old dudes come back that have been off for a while, and doesn't often end well for them after uh, Cam. You know, we see the Matt Brown's got, uh, please, plus 172. You know, you're talking about, uh, there's a lot of hype about Song Yadong. Minus 178, 22-year-old coming over from China. Um, you know, in uh, already in America, though. So he's not traveling from China right now, obviously. Taking on Marlon Vera. This is going to be a fun fight. Uh, you know, some pressure on the 22-year-old in a spot like this. It's a unique situation uh, to be fighting. And, I'm looking at the underdogs here. Vera's plus 150. I think could be worth a shot. An underdog I don't like, Cam, is uh, is Eric Anders. Eric Anders is a was a football player. Played at um, played at Alabama. National champion too. He's wow. He's, he's on the good Alabama teams. Like good, good you know, he was on the team. I think he was on the team with Greg McElroy. Oh, nice, nice. That team, like you know, 2012 ish or whatever it was, 13. What, what you know what I mean? That era, so to speak. It's been a few years. He's not like just uh, uh, 2009, uh, we can yep. confirm. All right, so going back a ways. Was that the uh, the McElroy team? Was he 2009 McElroy? It was. All right, so see, what did I say earlier in the week about uh, if I was on Stump the Schwab? I got it right. McElroy, Eric Anders, I said 2012. I hate to say it. McElroy was the weakest part of that team, too, because everybody else was, like, amazing. He was okay, but the right, rest so of the team was real good. Say say what you will about uh, say what you will about uh, Alabama, but settle down here. Uh, McElroy's my guy, <laughs> friend <laughs> he's a, of the he's program. A good, good broadcaster. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, not really great NFL career or anything like that. But man, he's very good in the booth. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's another classic example about how being uh, good at the Wonder League doesn't mean you're going to make it in the NFL. 
Correct. <laughs> Correct. I think he was like 50, a 50 or something like yeah. that. But anyways, Eric Anders fighting Jocko. Jocko's a vet, Cam. He's been around. He's seen enough. I don't think Anders can beat him. Give me Jocko here at minus 156. You want a real fight, a fun fight here is Edson Barbosa and uh, Dan Idge. Um, Idge. Yeah, Iggy, Iggy, Iggy Pop. Get Iggy with it. Yeah, we're getting Iggy with it. These guys are gonna, these guys are gonna get Iggy with it. This is the one we talk about throwing. It's gonna be a fun fight. Where both, both their styles, like they're both, you know, and it's it's played true to form. We've seen this week as well, hasn't it? Where you know the guys we talked about, Dober and Hernandez, man. Those yeah. guys were killing each other as well, although Dober did more of the killing. <laughs> yes, he did. Oh, Dober's a, I told you, with a name like Drew Dober, I go, I was scared of the name. He's like a Doberman. Yeah, he's a kid. Yeah, he is the Doberman. And uh, the Simone fight was pretty good, too. Uh, th those guys uh, smashed heads pretty good. There's some re real quality entertainment. And Barbosa's lost four of his last five fights uh, coming into this uh, fight. And, you know, you got a guy... This is one of these things, Cam. I tend to overthink things sometimes. And, you know, why do it? You know, I mean, we got a guy that's lost four of his last five fights, taking on a guy uh, that's won five straight fights. And we're, and we're getting an underdog with the Hawaiian here against Barbosa uh, as well. So sounds like I'm going to be walking the dogs on Saturday night, like uh, extensively. Like I got a dog walking service, Cam. You do. You're, you got five dogs on the leash. The only dog you left off because you couldn't have six was Walt Harris. He's your only. He's your only your favorite non-pooch. Yeah, I got to go with Walt Harris. Uh, you know, we'll see uh, throughout. You know, Walt Harris minus one sixty-two. I'm sure I'll find a spot here or there. Like I said, listen, the you know, the dogs were really barking the other night, man. Five and four, the favorites only went with the two pushes, so to speak, with the two pick'em uh, fights. Big money if you were betting on the underdogs, although you would have gotten buried if he bet on the dogs um, um, last Saturday night. But I like this card, Kevin. It's, it's going to be a fun card. Yeah, I don't know what other stuff that I'm looking at there. There's some really, really tough fights. I was going to ask your opinion on a couple, too. Like, I don't know what to do. Uh, this Kevin Holland and Hernandez fight, it's a pick em. It's tough. Um, you know, I just, as we talked about, I can't believe we have never done the UFC card and seeing the biggest favorite is at minus 200. That's unbelievable. Usually you have like a minus 350 in there, a minus 450. So this tells me like a lot of pickums, a lot of minus 125s, 130s. They're expecting tight fights. So uh, it's going to be very, very interesting. And you know what's real cool actually coming up? Uh, we've got Amanda Nunes fighting Felicia Spencer. Oh, uh, that's going to be awesome. awesome. Uh, Felicia Spencer against Nunes. That's going to be a fun fight. Gilbert Burns and Tyron Woodley. So, you know, the UFC is back. It's nice to see. There's a lot of talk about the fight island and what, what's going to happen uh, What's going to happen there. Conor McGregor is running his mouth once again. So things are uh, definitely coming back uh, to normal uh, right now. Um, all right. There's something I want to get to, actually. So, you know, we've talked a lot about the UFC and how cool it is without fans. And, I, you know, I knew. I don't know why anyone is, is actually surprised about this. Because... Anyone, and, you know, honestly, there's a lot of people in this, you know, that are that are younger, actually. So I, I don't hold it against them, but they didn't watch the Ultimate Fighter TV show, Cam, right? Yeah. Like, the UFC's popularity was built on that show. Like, the UFC guys was about to go bankrupt, like, essentially. Like, they were ready to tap out. Like, Fertitas were like, you know what, we've lost, like, you know, too many millions doing this. I think they were into, like, 30, 40 million deep. And they were like, yeah, it's just not taking off this mixed martial arts stuff. And those guys own a bunch of casinos in Vegas, and Dana was running it. And Dana told them, listen, 
I just signed a deal with Spike TV. He said, we're going to do a reality television show. We're going to put people in a garage, essentially, and, uh, and a house. And um, it's going to be like Big Brother slash a fight. And uh, they said, all right, but if this it doesn't, you know what I mean? If this doesn't <laughs> stick. Like, he said, trust me, this is going to help us take off. It's going to be a popular show. It's going to help us. And, of course, it was the famous. And you know you've, uh, you've hung out with him, Forrest Griffin. Yep. Uh, in fact, Forrest Griffin saved Cam from, uh, from an incident with a bunch of bouncers once. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it wasn't Cam's fault, actually. No, the bouncers not, were overzealous. <laughs> yes, they were. And uh, he was also very nice to me on the train when we when we were going to Montreal. <laughs> excellent, excellent companion. Great what guy. For, yeah, Forrest Griffin told you how much he hates UFC fans, right? <laughs> yeah, he does, because they're a bunch of dicks. Not the fans. He goes, I, what do you say? I hate people yeah. with those T-shirts. The guys yeah. with the, like, He's like, <laughs> hey, hey, affliction shirt. Oh, yeah, bring it on. Yeah, you're going to fight my buddy? Yeah, no. He had a problem with the guys who just wear the gear and, like, Think they can go to bars and like fight people. That's what he had a problem. So not all the fans, right, Gabe? Some of the fans. Uh, he's, those guys. He's, yeah, he's a really nice guy, Forrest Griffin, in real life. He is. Um, but my point is, so you know, there was no crowd there. Like so many classic UFC fights have taken place yep. without fans. Like there's been numerous epic fights on the Ultimate Fighter over the years. Sometimes in the house too. Excellent point. Excellent. Right. So. You yep. know, like for me and anyone who watches MMA, you're used to just hearing the corner. You're used to like, so it's not, it's not different. But it leads me into this. And we haven't talked NFL football uh, much. There hasn't been all that much to talk about. Um, but Joe Buck, Joe Buck is confirmed. And he said that uh, it's pretty much a done deal. Although done deal, we're months away. You know, they, they could change it. We'll see what the, the, the uh, public reaction to this is. So what's your take on this? Fox is going to, and the NFL broadcast, they're going to pipe in fake crowd noise during the broadcast. Okay. Well, there's a I lot don't of like things. It. No, well, I, I'm not necessarily against it, but the thing is, you have to be on top of it, too. So, this is what we're talking about. If we're going to play these games in your stadiums and you're the home team, you got to do what? Third and long? Yes, I want crowd noise for whatever, but there's going to be no crowd. So, I don't understand really other than affecting, I don't know. Like when I really break it down, Seattle's always been pumping the fake fan noise in. They got complaints about it and stuff, but how are they going to implement it? What are they going to do? Are they going to have, and you talk about the no, Korean baseball the league. The broadcast. Yeah the, bro oh, yeah, the broadcast. Oh, geez. <laughs> no, I'm not really down with that. It's, it's going to be fake. It's not going to be real. It's going to be kind of minimize the situation, I think. I don't like it. Um, actually, yeah, you know what? Fucking, uh, let's just take it from there, Puccio. We'll redo it. Yeah, pick it up. Yeah, it's the broadcast. I'll pipe in and fake okay. it. Stands here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. Okay. I'll just say. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. I'll just say, uh, so what, what, what time? Where were we at time? 9.57? Okay, perfect. Yeah. All right. Five, four, three. Two, one. I haven't talked a lot of NFL football over the last couple of days because there hasn't been a ton of stuff uh, to talk about. But Joe Buck has a podcast, and uh, Joe Buck, of course, uh, broadcaster for play-by-play uh, -play, uh, for Fox, talking about um, sports without fans and broadcasting uh, without fans, and that the National Football League basically wants to pipe in crowd noise during the broadcast. They don't. They don't want to have it dry 
like the UFC has had it. And, you know, we've seen, look, the UFC, you know, we've talked about it in the past. The UFC um, is cool. People enjoy hearing the the intimate sounds. For sure. Uh, of, of the sport, of the contact of the fighters. And it would be the same for football as well. I agree. It's like, it's like, it's like adding a laugh track. That's just dumb. That's like, it's not Free's company anymore, guys. Like real funny shows on HBO and stuff, they don't have laugh tracks. Like people don't need to be told uh, when to laugh. Now listen, I don't have a problem. My deal is, I thought, Cam, in the stadium itself, yes. play music. Yes, All right, in the stadium itself, play music, and even sort of have some of your recorded fan cheers. Yeah. Hey, hey, Buffalo. Hey, like yeah. when the Bills score. Hey, Buffalo. Yeah and stuff but on the broadcast i don't want to tune in and hear crowd noise when it's not real dailyrodo.com learn from the game's best dfs players we don't just give you premier advice we play every day all major sports all year round we never stop industry leading dfs tools and custom projections and now the dailyrodo.com optimizer in minutes build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys learn from the game's best dfs players join dailyrodo.com In time decisions continues. Get on the grid and let's get on the track. The NASCAR track. As a NASCAR returns, the lady in black. Darlington awaits. <laughs> and uh, is that what you call Darlington? The lady in black? That, that's, that's what okay. they call it. That's what that's the nickname of the track. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I know I didn't come up with it. It's that yeah, yeah that's, that's the name of the track, the lady in black. Nice. Uh, so the lady in black has always been a tough track uh, to take. And especially now, they're coming back and without any practice, without any qualifying, they're literally stepping out of their RVs into the car and on to the track. I've talked a lot uh, this week about how experience and past form comes into play here as far as I'm concerned. And uh, we talked about Eric Jones. And uh, Eric Jones won the last time that we were here. And I'm going to tell you, though, you know, we had Jordan uh, Bianchi on yesterday. Uh, from the athletic, real sharp guy when it comes to uh, to NASCAR, and wasn't feeling Eric Jones all that much. And he brought up a good point as far as uh, Joe Gibbs Racing is concerned. You know, Joe Gibbs Racing's dominated over the last couple of years, but they don't seem to be in the same pocket and groove, uh, Cam, right now. Even like you know, with the four races in the season, you know, Denny Hamlin, Denny Hamlin won. Uh, Denny Hamlin won at Daytona, but Daytona's kind of a random, crazy race. Uh, Truex won a race, but he hasn't looked good in the other races. He won once. I'm just saying, they're not, they're not running in their dominant form. And it's interesting, Cam, because I was reading um, an odds maker at the Westgate, and they're, real, they're big, big, big in Vegas on uh, NASCAR betting. All right, They're, they're the ones sure. who created, created it, actually, over at the Westgate. They're big, and they asked, they said to the odds maker, how difficult is it? because there's no qualifications, there's no practice times. And he said, we like it better. He uh. said, easier for us. He goes, I hate having to adjust the numbers all the time after these practices. Good point, actually. <laughs> and he goes, now, and, and another thing is, we're getting better odds, Ken. Like in normal form, Harvick would be plus 350, bro. Yep. Kyle Busch would be plus 300. They're not plus 500. It's almost more like, hey, you guys have at it. 
There's no practice. There's no qualifications. You guys are on your own. Pick your driver. And the odds makers actually said they don't mind this format. And, you know, I like, you know, we're getting, um, you know, we're getting better odds actually right now. I'll be curious to see, like, how the odds go down. Like, a good example, actually, look, Kevin. On Saturday, for, for so Saturday, Kevin Harvick's plus 500, Kyle Busch is plus 500. On, on, for the next race, Kyle Busch is plus 350, Truex plus, plus 470. See, because that's all, they're going to have more data suddenly. Yep. You know what I mean? Teams are going to have a little bit more of an advantage. So you're not going to get as good as odds for these drivers as you are uh, right now. And I'll tell you guys, I'll share something with you too. One of the best guys in the business for NASCAR is Micah Roberts, okay? Yeah. Micah Roberts, longtime Vegas resident, uh, Vegas local. And, uh, you know, he's been an odds maker. He's been, he's worked at sports books. He's, you know, writes for various, you know, sports sites and stuff like that. Now, for my money, he's the best in the business when it comes to NASCAR, okay? He cuts right to the chase. He's got great data and information. So I bring this up. I pump his tires right now yeah. because earlier in the week, what did I say? And none of his columns were out yet. He had not published anything yet. I said, you know what? Denny Hamlin, Eric Jones, and what did you? What did, what, what did I say a couple of days ago? He said, Who, what's that little deeper pooch, Marenzi? He said, Ryan Blaney. Blaney. Micah Roberts picks Ryan Blaney to win this race. He's wow. 22 to 1. Yeah, that's awesome. You bring up and Ryan I picked him as well already. So I'm just standing... I'm going to tweet him as well. I almost want to find the clip, Ken, because <laughs> when he sees me pick Denny Hamlin and, uh, and Ryan Blaney, I don't want him to think I was just copying his picks. I respect the hell out of him, but it's documented. I said these drivers earlier in the week. Yeah, you bring up a really good point, too. Just I'm looking at the NASCAR, and it's a lot more like golf. I'm used to seeing Kyle Busch as the favorite in this race at plus 275 or three at best, and as to your point, five. Denny Hamlin would be about plus 450, plus 650. So this is a real advantage to the gambler, too. It's the first race here. We're going to have uh, more races in this spot after that. And you talked about Jones. Gaby was 13. I see 16 to 1. Your boy Blaney, 22 to 1. There's some really nice value. Uh, William Byron is a guy that Nobody's caught my eye. Nobody's feeling my Jones love. No one's oh, feeling hey, Jones? You know what? I asked, I asked Bianchi about your boy, William Byron, who owned the simulator uh, yeah. scene. He owned the iRacing uh, yep. circuit. Thinks he's a live dog, actually, too. You got you made a good play there with Byron. It, uh, it was 29 to 1 right now. Yeah, exactly. So, no, but I really like where you're going. Like, Blaney, that's a very good price. Like, these guys, right now, you're getting incredible line value on them, Gabe. And this is the thing. We don't know what's going to happen. You go from an iSeries to, you know, racing. No qualification, as you said. It's like, who's ready to go? Who's better? Who's in a better mindset? But you're getting a real nice number right now. So I guess to you're going to have a lot, lot of attention betting a lot of different stuff on these races. To put it into context, guys, about how serious the iRacing is, and we talked about it during, the, during the, the circuit. We knew they took it seriously. But about how it was real, Jimmy Johnson said that he put in 300 miles on the simulator the other night. Wow. Of this track. That's a like lot. they they are practicing on for for real. He yeah. basically ran the race, Ken. And Denny Hamlin was talking about the same thing. They're looking for grooves, like on the iRace, because the iRace track is so realistic. 
Like, if there's a little bump in real life on the track, there's a little bump on the yeah. iRace on the track. They, you know what I'm great saying? Like, point by you. Great point by you. And I was reading the article, too. This track is really, really bumpy. Tires are a big thing here at Darlington, right? They oh, they tear tires up this place. <laughs> that's what they said. They go, they just rip the shit <laughs> out of these tires. So that's a, good, that's a good thing to know, that the simulator is that perfect. So, you know, I don't know how many guys you can bet on, and you're good at this because of golf. But the thing is, yeah. when you do your six-packs... You're getting better odds. I'm also betting on a tournament that has 145 yeah, people, yeah. not a race that has what? How many people are at 40? Yeah, exactly. So, and honestly, I don't think that, that many guys can win. It's almost, Cam, like we're talking about the national championship here. When you're talking about football, who can really win? I don't know, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. You know what I mean? It's the usual suspects. So you look at who can really win this race. Kevin Harvick can win any race that he's in. I'm not feeling him. All the numbers guys, the DFS guys, they're going with Harvick and Kyle Busch because that's what the data is telling them coming into this. Denny Hamlin has the best average finish here of these guys. Denny Hamlin is very consistent here to Lady of Black and Darlington. He won Daytona plus 750. He's in the mix. He's going to be one of my drives. So I'm going to start right there with Denny. Um, Logano and Koslowski, always dangerous. I like Koslowski more in this spot. And, I think Koslowski's in a mix. I think he finishes third or something, though, but I think he's in a mix. We get to Eric Jones. No one's feeling him like I am. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, he's all right, but hey, the Joe Gibbs are kind of struggling, and yeah, you know, but he did win. He always runs. He's won he's run well here before. I don't know if he wins, but I've already thrown him out there, and I'm going to be upset if he wins and I don't take him. So a little play at 13 to 1. I mean, hell, 20 bucks gets you 280 bucks back. Exactly. But then we get to Ryan Blaney. And I'm telling you, there was something about Blaney that caught my eye already earlier in the week. Like, we get into these dogs. I don't think Kansas wins after not run, run, running a race in two years. Kurt Busch will be in the mix, but I don't think he wins. Ryan Blaney at 22 to 1 genuinely can win this race, in my opinion. It's a great price, Gabe, and uh, I, I'm gonna t I'm gonna throw one your way because you've talked to some NASCAR guys. What do you think about Alex Bowman at uh, 13 to one? In the mix, uh, definitely in the mix. We can't we can't take them all. Um, yeah. You know, in 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 the mix, 16 to one uh, right now at uh, at Fanduel. Good price. Uh, six 16 to one. At that FanDuel, you know, this isn't—it's not a restrictor plate race, and this one—it's not one of those road course race where sort of random things happen. It's—it's um, it's the usual suspects. If you're looking for comparisons too, people compare Darlington, sort of the car setups and stuff, um, Fontana and Las Vegas. A lot of people use. So when people look at NASCAR data, they'll look at not just the track that they're on, or sort of other tracks that are sort of like it. Uh, in the sense, and you'll see there's sort of a little bit of a correlation uh, here, but I'm sticking to my guns. You know, we, we've been locked in on the same drivers all week. Denny Hamlin, Denny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, Eric Jones, and Ryan Blaney. I think I could play a four-pack and still squeeze out a profit at plus 750, plus 800, plus 1300, and plus 2200. Yeah, I'm going to go... There are some guys that I'm looking at right now, but I'm going to like your Denny Hamlin pick. I'll ride that at plus 650. Kevin Hardick with the DFS crew at plus 650 and two big underdogs. Yours, Ryan Blaney at 22 to one and my William Byron at uh, 29 to one. Those are, that's the four pack of NASCAR. Can't do six game, too expensive. All right, so we've got, uh, we've got Bundesliga soccer. Um, 
we should get Puccio's picks as the Bundesliga returns. You know, one thing I was looking, and with sports books, uh, it's funny, with sports books, it's always confusing. Are they at home or on the road, right? <laughs> like, soccer, generally the home team is on top. Yes. And it's on the, on the bottom. But a lot of American sports books will do it, uh, will do it the other way. But truth be told, it doesn't matter. There's no fans. Like, yeah. it's really like, you know, soccer, this, you know, soccer will be interesting because fans are just such an integral part of soccer and, and the emotion and stuff. Um, but we've got uh, Union Berlin taking on Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich's a minus 550 favorite. You know, they, the last time they played, it was 2-1. So Union Berlin actually hung around with these guys. But, man, Munich or Bayern Munich are just on the next level, uh, Cam. And a lot of people are, you know, wondering, are there going to be goals or you know, how many goals are going to be scored in the game? I think there's going to be goals scored uh, in this game. And so do the odds makers, unfortunately. The over-under is two and a half, minus 230 to the over. Minus 230 to the over. So let me tell you that. If they think there's going to be three goals scored, how many goals is Union Berlin really going to score? Like, yeah, I'm going to lay the, I'm gonna lay the goal at, and a half. At most. <laughs> at most. Uh, both teams to score, I know, is a popular... Um, look, both teams to score, yes, is minus 102. Is there going to be four goals scored? I'm going to say, um, what do you think the final score is, uh, Puccio? I'm going to say this game, Byron wins um, 3 0. Yeah. He says 2 0. Pooch. 2 0, Byron. Yeah, I said, I'm going to say 3 0. And maybe things open up and it's 3 1. But I'm going to say 3 0 for, for Byron. So something, something, something to look at. Um, you know, that's, that's a big, you know, that's the, the big debate, isn't it, though? Is there going to be yeah. a lot of rust or is it going to be goals? Uh, yeah, that's Are the all thing. the games just, we don't know. Like, we really don't know, guys. It could be, that's the thing. Like, lots of rust could mean bad play, too. Sloppy play. It, just because you want to play defensive, yes, you know, exactly. you're not going to be, you're not going to be in top form defensively. You must, uh, that's the thing. It could go either way. I, I think it's very hard to predict. I'd come out of the gate very quietly. Uh, this is one thing I'm going to throw this one at you and Puccio. Yeah, this it's is not like they're starting over. Sorry, Kevin. I just want to say it's not like they're starting over. They've only got nine games left in a damn season. Yep, yep, that's true. Uh, Borussia Dortmund uh, versus Schalke. They're minus 200 to win. And RP Leipzig, these teams are very, very solid. Some in the Europa League, uh, Champions League. A parlay with them is even money with Borussia Dortmund and RB Leipzig to I like win. It. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I like I'm not sure Puccio approves, but uh, if he no, even I, I, I like you want to lay the juice. Oh, I like you. I like you. Thank you. Thank you. No, no, <laughs> no, there's no reason. I was actually thinking about taking the easy way out. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to parlay Leipzig and uh, Bayern Munich. <laughs> well, that's a bit, yeah. What, so, no, I, no, let's, uh, what What do you think that one would be? Minus 200 and something still? So Leipzig are like the Raptors. It's actually not even that bad. Shocking. RB Leipzig and Bayern Munich in a two-game parlay is only minus 180. That's lower than I thought. I got another parlay here. Bayern Munich and Dortmund. Bayern yeah. Munich and Dortmund, minus 129. Bortmans against uh, Bort Bortmann and uh, Bayern Munich, minus 129 parlay. Interesting. Yeah, Dortmund, Schalke. Uh, right, we got to get out of here. Hold that thought, Cam. We'll wrap it up in a minute. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day.
all major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, we've had a fun, uh, fun week of shows this week, actually. Great to have sports back. Uh, although it's interesting hearing me and Cam break down the Bundesliga. But, hey, you know what? Me and Cam, me and Cam hosted a uh, League of Legends show uh, before. Had no idea what the hell we were talking about. And somehow found a way to start uh, picking winners. Yeah, that's uh, right. So. Entertainment, buddy. Entertainment. We, we brought on the guests. But, hey, we did pretty good with the League of Legends, actually. We made some money. You know what the funny thing is, though? I think when we were doing it, um, they weren't laughing with us. Uh, they must have, like, we must have had that job so people could just get a chuckle. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, Cam even said, you want us to host a League of Legends show for DraftKings on national yeah. television. Exactly. Uh, I said, I don't even know. I said, L- I, that, what was it that? Like, LOL, laugh out loud? Yes. They're, I didn't even know what League of Legends was. That's why they brought us, game. It was for us to look like stooges <laughs> and the representatives to make us look fun and us to make fun of the nicknames of yeah, the players. So we were like it sports all, it guys. All <laughs> yeah, we were sports guys, and they're like, no, no, but it's cool. It's cool. And exactly, yeah. they bring these, like, geeky kids on with us and stuff. Yeah, and we'd fun. be like, so, uh, who do you like this week? And it was great. You know, after, like, a couple of weeks, me and Cam are breaking it down. I'm like, you know, Cam, this guy's got 62 kills, man, and I'm getting him at plus 160. <laughs> I'm watching these games suddenly. I'm like, just kill him, man. I'm like yelling in the screen, shoot him, shoot him. (laughs) I started getting him the other one, Counter-Strike. Yeah, Counter-Strike too. Yeah, no. Hey, man, the handle on those games, people bet a lot on them, man. It's uh, Money's getting thrown around. Yeah, it's all fixed, that stuff. Yeah, (laughs) yes. You think? (laughs) I don't don't trust it. Not all of it. Not not, not, all. It's sketchy. Not not all of it. People are going crazy playing Korean. Uh, you know what? Let, next week, we're going to get our boy Ricky Sanders on. Let's see, Ricky's uh, he's, uh, he's playing uh, Korean baseball DFS. Wow. Some hardcore stuff. Probably winning money, too. He's smart. <laughs> you're playing uh, You're playing, <laughs> You're playing. playing Korean DFS. All right. So, uh, quickly on the way out of here, both me and Cam agree. Yes or no, Cam? We're on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Fowler and Wolf, yes. Yes, yes. And Fowler and Wolf, more skins. I'm on it. Yeah, you know what? I'm taking the other dog uh, right there. NASCAR. Uh, give me Denny Hamlin. Little play on Eric Jones. Uh, Brad Keselowski. And uh, Ryan Blaney. Figure out the math, how you want to play it. UFC. We're going to go with uh, Walt, uh, Walt Harris to beat uh, Overeem. Walt Harris to beat Overeem in that fight. Uh, great, uh, great to have sports back. Enjoy the weekend, uh, Cam. Enjoy the golf. Stay safe, everybody. We'll catch you on Monday. Other than that, you're on your own. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.